Hi, and welcome to the Tea with Intuitives podcast. I'm Brittany, an esoteric healer and spiritual life coach. And I'm Meli, an Akashic reader, past life psychic, and channeling coach. Each episode, we answer one of your questions about spirituality, the Akashic records, energy healing, meditation, spirit guides, and the unseen world. So we invite you to grab your cup of tea while we answer today's questions. Question, what are my fears teaching me? But first, Melly, I'm so curious, what tea are you drinking today? It's my sublime blend, which is chamomile, rose, and lemongrass in my classic office ladies mug. Oh, cute. Yeah. That's a fun podcast. Yeah. I have chai tea, which I haven't had in a very long time. And if you're watching us on Spotify video or YouTube, you'll see I have a little Hawaiian lady. Oh, she's cute. Hello, Hawaiian lady. Little Hawaiian lady. I got this in Hawaii. Did you buy it in Hawaii? Yes, I did. Oh, super cute. I hope this isn't some cultural appropriation or something. Yeah, I know there are a lot of Hawaiians following us, so please let us know if we were offensive. We hope not. That is I don't know. Actually, this is a great question. Whenever they show Hawaiian women in their hula skirt. Because she's dancing. Is that okay? Is it okay that people do that? I don't know. It's cute. Yeah, Yeah, if I'm thinking about like Canada and they're always showing the lumberjacks with that um, I don't even know what it's called in English, like this uh, lumberjack shirt that is a flannel. Red. Maybe like mm. it's red and black and it's like a square shape and it's long sleeves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I yeah. think it's a flannel. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I'm not offended. It's like it's it's laughable to me because it's not what represents us anymore, of course. Um. Yeah. But yeah, I'm curious to know about Hawaiians, how they feel about it. I mean, it's obviously, there's or offensive. Yeah, is it offensive? There's much more to the Hawaiian culture than just beautiful women in hula skirts. Yeah, right? yeah, I loved listening to the Glimmering podcast with Joy Ueno. And by the way, Joy, we interviewed Joy a few podcasts ago. It's the episode about magical realism, and I love how she talks about some of the. Hawaiian myths and and it's kind of, how, how what is she called oh sorry joy like there's this woman appearing on the shores it's beautiful yeah we should have her back on yeah we should yeah. have her back on yeah let us know if you'd like joy to be back on and what we you would like us to talk about mm, yes mm-hmm. yay okay let's dive in <laughs> yes. okay it's about fears but don't worry, people, we're going to try and make it fun. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you. So I had a client reach out to me and she asked a question about a fear surfacing and kind of wanting to know more of where, what's the root of this fear. It's new for her. Where is it coming from? And then last night, my fiance said, I just read, I'm reading this book and I just read this quote and I really want to share it with you. I think you'll enjoy it. And it's something along the lines of your fears become your new limitations. So for example, um, I'm super into my art right now, super into photography. I want to photograph, I want to photograph people. I want more of that in my life. And he gave the example of if that is something you fear, if you fear putting yourself out there and really getting clients for photography, 
that becomes your new limitation. There's a limitation for you there. And so it really sparked this question to ask because I think there's a lot of transition and change right now, collectively, but individually, I think people are wondering what's next and changing things and our fears will totally direct the life path we take and they can totally direct what we believe we're capable of. Um, there's a fear I've always had of snakes. <laughs> I know I'm not the only one. Mm-hmm. I will be walking in our yard. Um, just yesterday I did this, walked around our property and, and the whole time was like looking to make sure there wasn't a snake. And it has totally taken over my ability to be able to enjoy hikes here in the Asheville area, to be able to enjoy sitting in my yard. I'm all, when we go camping, I'm always conscious of like, is there a snake at the campsite? Is there a snake in the food? Is there, it's wow. always on my mind whenever I'm outside. So it's totally taken 20% of my energy away from being outside. It's taking a lot of my mental focus and a lot of my emotional uh, stability. And there's something there. There's a root cause there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the symbolism of snakes being really intertwined with divine feminine, sexuality, kundalini energy. And although there's a lot to heal there, I'm moving through this. I'm really moving through this. So that is sort of how this fear is impacting me, even though you think it's small, when it starts to take up 20% of me being able to enjoy any time I'm outside, that becomes a big problem, right? Um, It's a limitation. It's a limitation. Uh, I don't know quite what the snake fear is teaching me yet, but I look forward to how it's unfolding. It's it's already taught me a lot about um, the totem, the animal totem of snakes and what that stands for. But yeah, that's a little bit about sort of my first fear coming up to chat about. But Melly, what does that spark in you? What do you want to share? Yeah, well, um, being specializing in past lives, of course, like there's this aspect that is obvious to me, like your fears are pointing out. I'm talking about a fear that is completely irrational there. It's pointing out to you, um, what your soul wants to heal in this life. You know, you want to heal past life fears. And a lot of times it shows you, like, for you, there's this element of freedom that your soul wants in this life. And you have this, um, when I look at you, because I, I know you, I know that you have a mission of exploration in this life. And people with a mission of exploration, freedom is very important to them. And so we have these fears like, I've had this fear of driving that I'm moving through that according to my spirit guides is gone, but I haven't tried to um, go long distance with a car yet. So I don't know if it's truly gone. I'm still skeptic, but something happened while I was on the road. It was lifted at some point. Um, And I had a message from my spirit guides while I was driving. So um, this was a a long time fear of driving. It's it's driving on the highway, by the way. So it's not like I'm stuck in my house and I cannot go and do the groceries. It's really like going far away and and being on the the, um, highway because I died in a in an accident when I was a pilot in Italy in the past life. And it was quite brutal. And so these fears inform a past life and inform a desire that you have in this life. Like freedom is so, so important for me 
every decision that I made in my life, it had like freedom was the GPS to that decision. And, and so it's like, okay, you have this fear right now of snakes or driving, and it's not helping you have this freedom or being able to go and meet people or like you, Brittany, being out in nature. So it's kind of pushing you to heal that fear because you have that desire. So everything is intertwined, in fact, um, in moving through the fears. And I also feel like that when we completely go past the fear, there is this effect like with the, um, oh my God, I'm blanking, in Harry Potter, not the Dementors, but the, um, yes, the is it the Dementors? No, it's another word that they take the shape of your biggest fear. And once you say the magic word, once you say ridiculous, then, you know, like the full moon becomes like a balloon and it and like and a spider has these roller, um, what is it called? Like roller blades and it becomes really stupid. So I feel mm -hmm. like every time we move through a fear or we conquer a fear, we're like, oh my God, how was I so afraid of this before? It's so easy now. Like it was nothing. It was all in my head. It was huge, but it was nothing actually. Mm -hmm. I Googled it. Um, Boggart? Boggart? Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah. Yeah, fears can control your life. I mean, they really, they do to some degree. And I'm... I don't want to be overly preachy and say that everything is an opportunity for growth or to be, you know, taught something because there's too much of, of super self-awareness and focus in that. If you were to say every single thing in your life was going to teach you or help you grow in some way, I think that would be overwhelming. I think we should just simply enjoy things sometimes and not have to always look for the lesson. Um, but yeah, I think fears are definitely one of those areas of life where there can be a lesson there and there can be a lot of growth offered through the mm -hmm. fear and also a lot of healing. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of amazing how fears can really open you up to this almost subconscious level of who you are and to go and find the root cause of fears. I've had clients where we've had multiple readings, Akashic Record readings, and then they're no longer afraid of certain things simply mm -hmm. because they've been able to figure out the root cause, see where it's coming from, and then heal that part of themselves. And it's, it is possible. It is doable. If you're struggling with a fear, if you've been struggling with it for a long time, but you're ready to, to have answers about it, reach out to us. I think there's a lot that you can do there and you don't have to just live with the fear. For example, I know the snake animal totem is teaching me. I know that there's something there that is related to my fear of snakes. And I'm not in a position to where I feel like rushing that that process. Yeah. I know that the answers are going to come in the exact moment. Um, I just don't want to rush that fear. I think there's something more there for me to naturally discover. But if you're at a point where it's something that you just have to deal with you can no longer move forward with this you know it's hit it's hit its stopping point and you're mm -hmm. ready for transformation in such a deep way reach out to us there's a lot that we can do to support you in that um 
especially if it's like you can't leave your house because you're afraid of the world, right? Or it's keeping you in this space of there's a, there's a crisis happening. If you feel like you're missing out on your life in a big way because of this fear, there's something that can be done about it. Um, but the fear of snakes, you know what? I still live my life. It doesn't take away from me enjoying my life. It's just there. <laughs> And it's something I'm working through and I'm conscious that I'm working through it. Um, But if it's something that's really keeping you from living your life fully, absolutely, you should address it. Yeah, yeah. And um, there are two things I want to say. First, uh, snakes in North Carolina, it's is it very common? So I see a snake probably once a month. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh yeah, but I mean, we're very active. <laughs> you never see them. I've seen the, um, you know, the the. It's not they're not snakes, the tiny ones. I need to look up the word. Wait a second. Fouleuvre. Uh, I have seen garter snakes. Okay, they have the name snake in them in English. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So these, I've seen many of them. Like when I was young, I would take them in my hands because they're um, inoffensive. They're super, they're not poisonous, right? They're just hanging out. I don't believe so. Uh, oh, they say they don't have uh, venomous fangs. One of several harmless American snakes of the genus they they know this mm-hmm. garter snake yeah this is why i need to move to hawaii they don't have snakes there oh nice there are no snakes yeah anymore. but i bet they have other scary stuff no <laughs> they have volcanoes yeah but as far as like bugs and stuff go and like reptiles they're pretty oh. it's it's it is paradise if, if i could go somewhere and not have snakes it's paradise <laughs> Yeah. And and do they have a lot of, of bugs that that come and uh like stay? Yeah. I really don't think so. So you can go in the forest there. Oh and, yeah. Wow, because in Quebec it's crazy. Really? Like we don't go and take a walk in the forest during the summer. Because it's so bad. For Pierre and I because Pierre he says he has sugary blood because they always bite him. on him. And I'm like, oh my God. That is so funny. And I I do have some of them on me, but they all go to Pierre. And sometimes like I get bitten, but I don't even feel it while it happens. I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm fine. If there are a lot, I'm I'm kind of panicking because it's too much in my bubble. But yeah, in the middle of the summer, we never go in the forest. And we really like to do it when it's the fall. And it's so beautiful with the leaves, of course. That is so funny. We go, so in North Carolina, I never use bug spray or bug repellent. Never. Not once have I ever used it, actually. And I've been here for 10 years. And Mm -hmm. we go all the time. We go all the time in the forest. And I never get bitten or anything. Yeah. What is it about snakes. these Canadian bugs? Yeah, there are snakes. And then when you're walking on the path, one time there was a snake curled up napping right next to my foot. And I just so happened to look down right there. Oh. And it, I just ran. I ran. I just oh. ran. And then when we went camping two weeks ago, there was a snake right by our campsite and it was slithering up a tree. 
The scariest kind of snake are the ones that are above your head that are in the trees that are like slithering on a branch. That's really what freaks me out. (laughs) But the thing is that in North Carolina, you never know if a snake is venomous or not. Is that the case? I have no idea. I'm sure you could, I'm sure that you can tell the difference if you study it, but then I would have to actively study snakes and I'm just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not something you want to do. I don't want to do that. Imagine people who go on Survivor, and I'm a Survivor fan, so I've listened I to plenty of interviews over the past 20 years, and and they they get told like they sign waivers first of all that they're not responsible if they die there, and and they get all these trainings like how to avoid snakes and look out for them, and not just snakes but all the other kind of bugs. And I would be like, oh my god, no, no, oh, absolutely not. I would do Survivor, but in a castle in Europe. In Europe, with you know high tea in the afternoons yes yes and we could do tea with intuitives <laughs> today I don't know how it would work how would be people get voted out from that type of survivor oh if you don't know the etiquette you get voted right. out <laughs> if you just can't take it anymore and you're just you're you just can't be classy anymore <laughs> you're you're out yeah see people i told you that even though it's a uh, it's an episode about fears. It would be fun. Here we are talking about having survivor in Europe and high There are so many different fears and there are clinically studied fears. There's the mm-hmm. fear of having too much pleasure. Oh, that's a that's bummer. an actual fear. Oh no. All right, guys, let's look up fears. Let's play a game. We're going to oh, look up my God. rare proven fears. Let's see. I have friends. I'm friends with the host of the Coffee Clutch Crew podcast. And when you're a Patreon member, you get their bonuses. And they did a whole bonus about fears and crazy fears. Oh my gosh, that's so fun. It says the number one fear is public speaking among humans. For Americans, the number one fear is the fear of heights. Okay. And roller coasters, which does make sense. Yeah. Um, oh, then we're getting into some deep ones that are like the fear of abandonment and the fear of failure. Yeah, that I, I very often encounter when I do past life readings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, super common. Um, the fear of wide open spaces, agoraphobia. Yeah. Which does make sense, especially if you have a fear of drowning and a fear and a fear of open spaces, you would not want to go to the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Hey, by the way, um, if if you are not, I'm not saying you, Brittany, but our listeners, um, if you are not familiar with Ainsley McLeod's 10 fears, I'm working with those fears, by the way. So there are 10 past life fears. So if you're curious, if you have one of those, so there is a fear of loss. There's a fear of betrayal. There's the fear of intimacy, the fear of rejection, the fear of self-expression. So there you go with the public speaking, Uh, the fear of authority, the fear of inferiority, the fear of powerlessness, the fear of failure, and the fear of death, but that goes into all the phobias, 
are related to fear of death. So when you were talking about open spaces, spaces, enclosed spaces, like um, sickness, darkness, judgment, water, heights, all these are phobias that are related to a fear of death because you died, uh, for example, because you drowned in a past life. So now you have a fear of water. You have a phobia of water, which means you have a fear of death. Mm. I will yeah. tell you my greatest fear. Mm. And you can tell me where it falls. Maybe okay. under what category. Okay. Okay. I've never told anyone this. And now everyone gets to know. <laughs> <laughs> my greatest fear is the fear of not living up to my fullest potential. It's interesting because my husband was chatting with one of our friends. And she says she has... Uh, reincarnation anxiety, which I never heard about, which is kind of, you have this fear for in your own life, you really want to, you know, um, to express your full potential in, potential in this incarnation, but she was saying she has reincarnation anxiety, and she's fearing what will happen next in her future life. She's hoping that she's going to be fine and that it's going to be easy and not traumatic. Let's give her an Eckhart Tolle book. Yeah, she she knows. She knows about <laughs> Eckhart Tolle, but, um, you know. Stay in the present. Stay in the present. And yeah. I will say, let's be honest, that is the downside of the work we do. Mm. When you have this greater awareness of the soul's journey, it's not all, you know, rainbows and butterflies. When you have that deeper awareness, it can be very hard to really stay present and really stay focused on where you are now. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, I've been there too of just having this fear. And like I said, the this fear of not living up to my fullest potential, it, mm -hmm. we can go deeper and say it's also this fear of like not wanting to have to repeat things in the future for the future me because yeah. I didn't do it now because I made the wrong decision now. Mm -hmm. So I totally get where she's coming from. Yeah. And so two things. First of all, you were asking me where you would fit into the Ainsley McLeod 10 fear structure. You would fit into the fear of failure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And especially since you work in the spiritual field and you are so aware of that, so you have that fear of failure. But um, recently I was channeling for a client and the spirit guides were talking about failure. And uh, they were saying, well, I, I didn't even remember that. Like she posted it in her stories. And I was like, what? I channeled that. They were saying how the beauty in failure is where the truth lies. And it's really that kind of sentence that you're like, oh, wow, I really need to process that and think about it. Um, but they were also saying that not to worry because when we don't get to a point where we wanted to be in our incarnation, it's always recalibrating. So maybe you're not achieving, I don't know, we talked about public speaking. So maybe you did not achieve to be a public speaker, but be because they see that won't be that won't be happening for you. Like they see the the 
time is fluid and so they see potential future and they're like okay that's going to be difficult for this person and I don't know maybe you're at 60 or 70 years old and there is only so much time they're going to recalibrate and just bring you on another tangent and something else that you need to work on because there is so much (laughs) so much so many lessons you know so much karma to balance challenges that we have and they're like don't worry that's our job don't stress about that we're always there helping you recalibrate because you don't have all that consciousness about your soul your life your past life and I can tap into it as an Akashic reader but I just tap into what they allow me to see and what me or the person I'm reading for is ready to know we never, never fully know the big, big picture uh, in detail. So they're like, that's our job. So what we need to do is always do our best. Mm-hmm. Beautifully said. <laughs> yeah. And just stay in the moment. Just t- stay in the moment. I mean, we can spend so much time thinking about the past, the future, what ifs, what happened. I mean, we do when it's necessary, but also what's necessary is just enjoying where you are right now. That's also very necessary. (laughs) It also is going to keep us sane. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I really like this, um, this episode, Brittany. And, you know, I haven't told you that, but I have this fear of frogs (laughs) and I know it comes from my mom. My mom has it. And I think she passed it on to me. Oh, generational fear. Yeah, I also know there's something else because once I told my spirit guides, can we explore that? And the day after I went and and walked in the woods and I saw these tiny, tiny little woodland frogs. And so they always stay tiny and they're not scary to me. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like the spirit guides were like, we're going to ease her into that. And then I had a dream about frogs coming out of some kind of ceiling, but wooden ceiling. So it wasn't where I live. And then the exploration stopped. I, I completely forgot about asking my spirit guides. And I don't know, I feel like when you work in that field, you have so many things you want to work on. And I was brought on another tangent, but there's this fear of frog that is still kind of halfway there. Like when I see a frog in someone's stories, I'm like, why are you showing this to me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm almost offended. That's how I feel. And- Same. Yeah, so I need to go check the uh, totem animal of the frog and see what it says. Yeah, that has to make friends with the frog as a spirit animal because as a spirit animal, I'm sure it wouldn't be scary for me. Right, and then wondering, well, what aspects about this teacher frightens you? Yeah, because the snake is quite easy in our field. It comes up so often, like you said, with the Kundalini. But the frog, I have it in my deck, the Colette Baron Reed's deck, Spirit Animal, Oracle deck. So I'll go check it out after the episode. I'm really curious. Yeah. Yeah. I love this episode we could go even longer i think we could even go into generational fear at some point that might be interesting but Mm -hmm. yeah such a good conversation thank you for listening to the tea with intuitives podcast if you have a question for us you can send it at teawithintuitives at gmail.com or via instagram or youtube 
Your love for this podcast helps us grow and reach more like-minded souls, so don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Have a beautiful week, everyone! Mm-hmm. <laughs>